Hey, uh, so I'm super excited to be able to, uh, to speak today, and we're going to try to have a little bit of fun while we do this, so uh, please just bear with me as we go. I'm going to set these answers aside. We can play more later. There's more slides, so we can keep that going if you'd like. Um, let me go ahead and pray for us, and then, uh, and then we'll just dig in here and see what God has for us. So, God, I thank you for this day. Thanks for an opportunity to be able to celebrate uh, this country that we live in. Uh, thank you for the freedoms that we have and the freedom to be able to come here and to worship you. Um, God, uh, we, just, we just sit in thankfulness to you for that. And, um, and so, God, I pray that today you would help us to be able to take steps closer to you. I pray that as we talk about this good news, uh, that, it would, that it would go from just being a thought to something that really penetrates us and and, uh, and changes how we act and who we are uh, moving forward as we leave here today. So I pray this in your awesome name. Amen. Okay, so we've been, uh, we've been working our way through uh, parts of John, this, this whole aspect of I've got good news. And sometimes I know that, that good news for some people is different than good news to other people, and, and there's something about good news that just kind of, man, it just lightens things for us. And so I'm excited today to be able to talk about Jesus feeding 5,000, and that's in, uh, in John chapter 6 is what we're going to be looking at. We'll kind of narrate and, and talk through that. One thing that, that always tripped me up just a little bit, though, when I was first getting to know Jesus and, and reading the stories and learning about him is, uh, is this part about, like, you read about Jesus feeding 5,000, and then in other places you read about him reading, or, uh, feeding 4,000, and sometimes that was confusing for me, and so... Uh, Part of being able to dig in and learn a little bit more about that uh, was really cool. So in all four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, all the eyewitness accounts of Jesus uh, that we hear about, all of them record and talk about Jesus feeding 5,000. And then in two of them, it's in Matthew and Mark, uh, they talk about Jesus feeding 4,000 along with the, the separate incident of, of 5,000. I thought it was really cool to look at this because... Uh, in the different regions where that happened, uh, they happened in, in different places. And what's really cool about that is it uh, is they're different groups of people. So in one space, it was a it was a group of of uh, Jewish people, and in in one situation, it was a a, a, a group of Gentile uh, folks. And so I think it's just this cool picture of Jesus's love for everyone, for others, uh, and and so we get to to be able to recognize that and and see that today. So. Um, those different regions are there. So I love being able to have this opportunity to be able to talk about uh, a miracle that Jesus performed that gets recorded four times over. So guys, tell me if I need to move in any certain space or, or what's going on there, but I got a good gentle hum. So, uh, so hang in there with it. I don't know if that's ambiance, if that makes you feel more comfortable out there. Is that what's happening? Good. Okay, so to be able to tell this story and to be able to talk about what Jesus did, I want to invite any kids that are in the room to be able to come sit up here on stage with me, and, uh, and we're going we're gonna to talk about Jesus feeding 5,000. So come on up. Don't be shy. This is, this is that part when you hope you're not the guy that's sitting by himself up here. Um, yay! Good job. You win. Awesome. Thank you, guys. All right, 
So guys, I'm going to have a few questions for you as we go through. So as you, as you listen, as we talk about this, I'll have a few questions that I'm going to ask you to be able to, to answer for me. Awesome. And if at any point you're sitting uh, out there as a kid and you're like, hey, I would really like to be up there. That looks really cool. Come on up. Uh, it doesn't bother me at all. If you're not a kid, though, stay right where you are. Cause... <laughs> How are you guys? Hi. Awesome. Have you guys ever uh, read or heard the story of Jesus feeding 5,000? Uh, yeah. You know what? That's how most of us are, actually. Even in this room, when I say that we're going to talk about Jesus feeding 5,000, we're all like, oh, yeah, I've heard that story before. And then we suddenly think, like, hmm, since I already know how this works. And by the way, the title seems to kind of give away what happens. Um, uh, it seems like it's something that we could skip over. But I'm going to ask you guys to help me hang in there and see if there's something that we can learn from this. Is that good? Awesome. Okay. Okay, so here's the way this works. Jesus has just been healing uh, and, and performing miracles for a lot of people. And they, they get to the point where then Jesus and his disciples get in a boat, and, and the Bible says in John 6, it says that they, they pushed off and they... I, I, read, I read that. You read that before? Nice. Good work. Are you trying to get me to skip over all the details? Because <laughs> some of these details are pretty good. And some of, if you look out there, where are your parents? Will you point to them for just a second? Okay. There they are. Yeah. Okay. Good job. All right. We'll be talking with them later. Okay. So Jesus gets on the boat with his disciples. And it says he pushes off across the sea. Well, the sea was a lake. And the lake was about... The lake was about 13 miles long, which is a long ways. Like if we left from here and we went to the state capital, that would be about halfway. So we'd have to go that again. Okay? So they went across the lake a long, long ways. And then, and then it says they got out of the boat when they got to the other side. And they went up the mountainside. And it says that Jesus and the disciples sat down. Have any of you guys ever climbed a mountain? Yeah? A few of you guys have? So you've, you've hiked up a mountain? Every time I've hiked up a mountain and I've gotten to hike up a few, I've always felt compelled to sit down. You guys? I've sat on a mountain You have sat on a mountain before? Sweet. I'm going to hear more about that soon. Okay, so, so Jesus and his disciples are sitting on the mountainside, and I assume they're talking, hanging out. Maybe they're catching their breath like I typically am. And Jesus looks up and he sees a great crowd. And it turns out that all the people that were on the other side of the, of the uh, great lake or sea followed him around. And then other people from other places heard that he was going to be there too. And so they came as well. So we're talking about, remember we talked about like to the capital and then to the capital again in terms of distance if you went on a straight line. But they walked around. And so all these people were there. Why do you guys think, so this is a question that I have for you. So let me see your eyes and your teeth. Good. Man, you guys have good teeth. Okay. Why do you suppose all those people followed Jesus all that way? Anybody have any answers? Because they heard that he was the Messiah. Okay, good. So because they heard that he was the Messiah and they want to check that out and they want to find out more. Any other thoughts? That's great. Yeah, what do you got? Hey. You got one? Yeah. All right. 
Do you know his thoughts? Yeah. Okay. This is helpful. Awesome. So they, they had just, remember, watched Jesus do all these miracles and all these cool things, and so they follow Jesus over there, and it says there's, there's a great multitude. Now, the story says 5,000 people, but what we know is that they were just counting the men in the group. And so those 5,000 people might have been more like, they say, fifteen to 20,000 people. And I don't know about you guys, but whenever I've fed a group of people, I've always exaggerated on how many people it was. So, so I don't get it. I would have said Jesus fed 20,000 people. But they just say Jesus fed 5,000 people because it was the, just counting the men that were there. So, and by the way, let's just talk about what 5,000 people are. How many people do you suppose would fit in this room in all the chairs? 100. 100. That's a good guess. 120. There are 500 seats in this room. So here's what Jesus looked up. Remember, he, he hiked up the mountain, then he looks up and he sees this great multitude of people, which was almost 20,000 people. So we're talking about 40 of these rooms. That's a lot of people. Uh, that's a lot of people to feed. So what Jesus did, he noticed that these people were far away from uh, any, any place to get food. And so he, he turns to his disciples and he says to, he says to Philip, he says, hey, uh, how should we feed these people? What should we do? And Philip says, are you guys fighting over food? That looks like a waffle. I'm kind of hungry. Um, so Philip says, uh, Jesus, I don't think this is about what to feed them. I think this is about, do we really want to spend eight months of the money that we make to feed all these people? It's a good spot. Hi, how are you? Good. Okay. So... Uh, so then you have Andrew that says, he says, oh, I'm onto this, because Jesus seems to care about people. And so Jesus, Jesus would, of course, love to feed these folks. So, he, uh, so Andrew says, hey, let's see what we've got available to us. And he starts looking around and, and finding to see if he's got any food. So one boy in the crowd, listen to this, check this out. One boy in the crowd had two fish, good job. You know this story already. Two fish and five loaves of bread. Exactly. And so he says, hey, hey, Jesus, here's what we got. Here's what we've got available to us. So uh, one of the things that, that we know in this story is that clearly it wasn't sliced bread. So it wasn't pre-sliced for everybody because that didn't happen until like 1928. Okay, And I'm told that that was maybe the best thing to happen since like I don't even know when. So, what if, what if we, let's just say for a second, let's just say that everybody here decided to follow us somewhere, and we were then supposed to feed them lunch. What do you think would happen? What should we feed them, guys? What do you think? Yeah, let's just see what we got. What if we did that? Let's do that real quick. I'm going to send you out to your parents, see if they have any food on them. This is a fun test. Can you do this? Okay. See if you can run out. I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you 30 seconds to run out there and see if you can find any food, and then we'll figure out how to feed everybody that's here. Okay, ready, go. Those of you guys that are at home, right now we've got kids running everywhere gathering food. And I'm actually really curious to see how this goes. Really curious. Oh, nice. Hold, hold your food there. 
Yeah, people did bring snacks. Okay, so let's see what we've got here. Did you want to come right back up here? Oh, there you go. Nice. Here you go, dude. Right there, buddy. Awesome. Okay, what did we find? Suckers. What do you got? A bar. And it's open. That's awesome. Even better. I bet the fish was unwrapped, too. What do you got, Rye? Another bar. More candy. Another bar. Oh, some mints. Those will come in handy after some fish. Okay, so do you guys think, could we feed everyone lunch if we, if we left here today and did this? No. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, we've got suckers over here. So that's pretty good. Oh my gosh, a whole bag. Guys, I was a little afraid because I think my family was planning on... Oh, no, I'm good. Well, you're so kind to share. Thank you. You are so kind. I was afraid my family was going to bring several pizzas. They actually... pizza? Yeah, they warned me that they would bring, like, I don't know, rotisserie chicken or something. But, but they didn't. Thank you, Rye. Okay. So, hey, by the way, last time you guys took a trip somewhere, so all these people took a trip to follow Jesus... What's something that you took that was really special to you when last time that you took a trip somewhere? Think of what's one thing that you would make sure that you would take with you. Clothes. Clothes. Boom. That's actually Stuffed a great animal. answer. Stuffed animal. I'm with you. Anybody else? Food. Food. Oh wow! You guys are so responsible. What would you take? What would you take on our last trip? Yeah. Right. Whatever my parents put in my bag. Well, thankfully, <laughs> thankfully this boy had someone pack him a lunch. And so he had, how many fish again? Two fish. Two fish. And five loaves of bread that were not yet sliced. Okay. Okay, so... So Jesus takes this food, so just like if I were to take the food that you had, and he blessed it, and then he divided it up, and he told the disciples, hey, take this out to these, remember we're talking about 20 rooms full of people, 20,000 people, take this out, 40 rooms, thank you, thank you for listening, goodness, yeah, okay, all right, yeah, are you ready for lunch? Yeah? We Sounds already like that. opened the suckers. Okay, good. Have those suckers. That's good. Okay, so all these people are there, and Jesus is, is set to feed them, so he takes the, the, the five loaves and two fish, and he divides them up, and, and the disciples take them out, and they give them to everyone. And then the Bible says that everyone ate until they were full, and then do you know what Jesus told the disciples to do? He said, hey, <laughs> hey guys, now that we've done that, why don't you go out and pick up the leftovers? What do you think the disciples expected when they went to go pick up the leftovers? Yeah, they were like, uh, Jesus, leftovers? I mean, come on. We barely had enough to go around. So they maybe didn't expect leftovers. You guys think? And then do you remember what happened? Yeah, there were absolutely, it says that, buckets and buckets full of food uh, were left over. In fact, 12 baskets full of food. So the disciples went out and they gathered 12 baskets full of food. 
And then what do you suppose their faces looked like when they picked up 12 baskets full of food? Uh, <laughs> You're still hungry. Anybody? Uh, I heard surprise. Let me see your surprise face. That's, oh yeah. Show them your surprise face. Show them. You, <laughs> that's not your surprise face. Okay. So they picked up all those leftovers, and they were so surprised to be able to do that. And so God not just fed them, but he fed them abundantly, and he did, uh, he, uh, he met their needs above and beyond anything that they could think or imagine. Okay, guys, thank you for joining me out here. Will you guys meet me out front after we're done uh, to have a little treat? And remember, if you're on this side of the room, you get your treat first. I'm just teasing. You can run out there. All right. Thank you guys for coming up. Bye. Bye. Okay, so, so we kind of we muddle through that just a little bit to be able to, to, to know the story of what Jesus did in, uh, for those people. But there is some real truth that's there for us. There's, there's several slivers of good news. And, and depending on how we look at uh, what Jesus has done here in terms of this miracle, uh, there are, there's, there's something there that we're going to go through the list of good news, and then I'm going to ask you to think about one of those that will really become the good news for you this week as we move forward. So first and most simple, Jesus can feed a lot of people with virtually nothing. That's good news. And for some of us, on the very initial level, we need to be able to trust that Jesus is who he says he is, that Jesus could do something like that, that Jesus uh, can perform a miracle that goes above and beyond uh, what we could think. And maybe initially that's, that's what it is, is God has to take your eyes and turn them toward him and go, I believe you, I trust you. Uh, another piece of good news is, is that God doesn't just meet your needs, but he meets them abundantly. God can do abundantly more than you ask or imagine. Twelve baskets of leftovers in an impossible situation. What makes this hard, right, for us is that when we're in the midst of hardship, it doesn't really feel like, like we're, just, we're just looking for like, I don't know, God, just give me a, give me a sucker or an open granola bar or something of that sort that, that will just tide me over and just get me through. But trusting that God will meet our needs abundantly because he can, and scripture points to that and shows that he does that over and over. Another piece of good news, the way that you interpret, view, and process situations could be wildly wrong. Let me say that again. The way that you view, interpret, and process situations could be wildly wrong. Jesus is trustworthy in whatever impossible situation you're in. View situations with God's eyes and not the eyes of Philip, and not the eyes of Andrew, or your own eyes. View them through God's eyes. Situations that we find ourselves in that seem so impossible at the time, if we would trust and we would know that the God of the universe, the one that our friends were orbiting this earth and they saw more of than we've seen, uh, the God of the universe cares about us that much, that whatever situation you're in, you might be interpreting it just totally wrong. The solution might not actually be the solution. For, uh, 
For Philip, remember the solution was, gosh, I'm going to need to make a lot of money to be able to feed these people. For Andrew, the solution was, well, let's see what we can scrounge up and make this thing happen. For God, what was the solution? Trust me. Trust me with what you have. Next slice of good news. Uh, Jesus was not selective with his blessing. Everyone who, who was seeking him ate. Even those that held back food or thought, what a terrible idea it is to wander off without being prepared. So think about that. In this group right here, is there, <laughs> there might be, I'm not saying that there is, but if I were sitting in the audience, even if I had some awesome food in my pocket, it probably would have stayed in my pocket. I don't know that I would offer that up for one. Also, uh, there would probably be some people in this crowd that are like, guys, I'm telling you, we shouldn't be doing this. We didn't, we didn't stop at the quick shop before we came over here. We needed to make sure that we had everything that we've got. I don't even have a change of socks. There were those people that were in uh, in the crowd at this time that were questioning and wondering and who ate and was filled everyone ate and everyone was filled everyone took steps of trust some people's trust level levels seemed a little bit more than others but everyone ate also good news you can't miss God's best when you're seeking to follow him Matthew 6.33 uh, comes to mind and says, Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you as well. Seek first God, all else will be added to you. This is such a great example of not having to calculate what God might do or not having to calculate uh, God's plan or situation for us uh, in any given situation. But it shows us uh, that if we put him first, that if we seek him, uh, that God will provide. This last slice of good news is one that I'm going to throw out there for you. And, uh, and remember, I'm asking you to, to think about each one of these and just take one that you're going to take with you and, uh, and make yours. But it, guys, it's not uncommon that I'll have conversations with people, whether I'm talking to students or adults. And we, we all reach this point where we're like, I just need to see God. I would, if I could just see God do this in my life for myself right before my very eyes, then I would not have any trouble trusting him. If I had been that boy with those loaves and those fishes, and I saw him fishes, <laughs> and I saw him do that, then I would have no problem trusting him. God can use whatever you offer to make himself known. The boy had to offer up what it was that he had. And so maybe in some of our situations, maybe it's offering up uh, physical things that we have to God and just see what he does to that, taking that step of trust. Maybe it's, maybe it's offering up any giftings or situations uh, of who we are to God and then watching and seeing what God might do with that. Uh, maybe, I mean, we're, we're on the front end of VBS week, Vacation Bible School, and and some of us, some of us like run to those situations and others of us are like, mm, I don't know, that seems a little scary. But that's the kind of situation that if you're somebody that thinks, oh my gosh, it's, it would be scary. Put yourself in that position and see what God would do. See how God would show up and what he would do in your life. Uh, in order for the boy uh, to see God do something miraculous, he had to offer what he had and then just trust God. Uh, and so my question for you is, what ways can you uh, 
step outside of your comfort and just watch Jesus fill your lunchbox? What is it that you need to see that will propel you forward in your trust for him? So up here, I think we've got a couple of slides with, with each of the, the good news pieces. I'm going to ask you guys to get out your phones. It's true, you can do that here. And then take a picture of each of these slides, and then I want you to be able to, to just choose one of those. Yeah, worship team, you can come on up. Choose one of those uh, bits of good news that you would that you would trust God with. That would be the bit of good news that's going to propel you forward. And with the people that you're here with today, have conversation about that. Just say, hey, this is the one that got me. And then also, uh, up on the screen, we're going to put, there's a QR code. There's also a QR code on the seat back pocket, that little uh, leaning slip of paper there. Uh, hold your camera over that for just a second, and that will take you to a link. I would love to know how to pray for you this week. We'll go back. Maybe we can flash those back up there again in just a second. But this is the QR code. If you hold your camera up, uh, it should detect that it's a QR code, and then it'll, it'll have a little pop-up, and you press on that, and then it takes you to this page that says, what's your name? And then you put that in there. And then there's this, uh, how would I respond today section. Would you just type in there real quick, like, what's the piece of good news that you're taking away today? And then underneath that is, an, is a, uh, a question of, how can we pray for you this week? Because we would love to be able to pray for you this week. Uh, if you don't submit prayer requests, then we have to make them up. <laughs> okay, so, so if you would do that, we love being able to pray for you. Um, and then, I'm kind of rolling through this last part pretty fast, but there's, there's two takeaways for us, or two next steps. One is a version Bible plan. We've been using that uh, to be able to go through. And, and maybe you're like, Troy, I just need some help just to get into Scripture. That's what I need to offer up. Well, version uh, Bible app, there's a uh, Bible reading plan. Um, yeah, just write that, write that link down real quick. Actually, on version, you can click events, and that'll be there. You can, you can click on it to find it. Uh, but then the other thing is, uh, your other next step is to offer something outside of your comfort zone. And you know what that is, uh, whether that's helping with VBS, maybe you're uh, going to sign up a volleyball team and see what God does with that, and uh, uh, maybe you're going to sign up to help out with hospitality or the welcome team around here, or maybe you're going to have friends over for dinner that you've uh, been putting off for a long time because you just don't know how it's going to go. So those would all be next steps or things that you could uh, be able to do. We're going to sing a song, and then I will be right back up here, I promise. <laughs>